Uh, we're going to start a new series this weekend on family, and um, hope you'll be with us. We're going to talk this weekend uh, today on marriage, and then next weekend on singleness. So I'm hoping that's going to cover all of us. In fact, here, let me just take a little, little survey. How many of you today would say you are either married or unmarried? Let's, uh, okay, so that's all of us. Good. So, um, so I hope you'll be here today. Well, I know you're already here today. Hope you won't leave now. Hope you'll be here for the rest of today and that you'll be here next weekend. And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, but, you know, there's, I think we have this tendency to think, hey, if you're here and you're not married today, to think, well, we're talking about married and I'm not married and, you know, but don't think that way because uh, even if maybe you aren't married now, perhaps that, that might be part of your future. And so you never know. My son-in-law, his grandfather got married a few years back at 80-something, so, you know, you never know. You know, marriage could be a part of your future, so this is for you even if you're not married. And uh, likewise, uh, next weekend when we talk about singleness, you know, you might tend to be t thinking, well, gee, we can sleep in next weekend. There's no reason to come. But, you know, you're already getting an extra hour of sleep, for crying out loud, so be here uh, <laughs> next weekend. Because, again, even if you are married, uh, very possibly you might be single in your future, either through circumstance or through death. Uh, you never know about that. So I hope you'll be here for a part of this. In fact, here's just my little sermon for free today. Um, I think we got to get past this thing where we only listen to stuff that applies to me right now. You know, because I think when we do that, we miss out on, uh, you know, what God might have for us down the road. We, right. We miss <laughs> out on uh, maybe the chance to speak into other people's lives, you know, on things. That, you know, so again, we need to be open to hear what God has to say, not only what for applies to us now, but might, might apply for uh, the future, or what might apply for other people that we can speak into their lives about. So I hope you'll be here for these next couple weeks, and then we'll get into parenting after that. So I think we're going to have a good time together. So uh, today, marriage, uh, here's what God has to say about marriage. Genesis chapter 2, in verse 24, it says this, and that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. That marriage is God's idea. It's God's plan, and it's a good one, isn't it? Um, Jesus uh, continued quoting this and adding some additional thoughts. He puts his affirmation on marriage in Mark chapter 10, where we read, for this reason, Jesus talking, for this reason, a, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh, and so they're no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Marriage, it's one man and one woman making a binding, covenantal commitment to each other for the rest of their lives. That's what marriage is. Um, I had a friend in Texas who, um, again, a believer, and he was involved with a, a lady, and he said to me one day, you know, we were there, and we were under the tree, and we were just praying together, and God told us that we were married. And I said, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. You aren't. You know, I don't care what you think God told you. Maybe it's what you ate for lunch. I don't know, but that you're not married. Because <laughs> here's what marriage is. It's one man and one woman making a binding, covenantal commitment to each other for the rest of their lives. And so we're going to talk about that today. And what I want to share with you today are some thoughts uh, from, uh, really from Shanti Feldhahn, 
who uh, maybe you uh, do or don't know about her, but she's written a book, and I had a chance to hear her last May uh, at something that I was at, and it was just eye-opening for me, um, because what she did is uh, helped me see that so much of what I had come to believe and take as just fact about marriage just simply wasn't true, and so much of the things that we thought about marriage and its potential in our society just don't hold up to the actual statistics. <coughs> and I think, you know, in our culture, there's this kind of general cynicism towards marriage. You know, I, you know, it doesn't work, and half of them are going to fail anyway, and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, all of that's based on statistics that many of us have quoted. I've quoted them myself, but again, that just simply aren't true. And so we're going to deal with those today. I'm going to give you some good news about marriage and the actual data, what it points to. Uh, and all of that comes from this book right here uh, by Shanti Feldheim. If you don't know who Shanti is, uh, she is a social researcher. Before that, she was a Wall Street analyst. That's what she did. And uh, then uh, right now, she is a Christian speaker and an author. She's written not only this book, uh, but a number of really good uh, books that I would commend to you. And uh, this particular book... Uh, she wrote with uh, the help of her senior researcher, Tally Whitehead, whose name's right here on the cover. And Tally <laughs> just happens to be a friend of mine, and she lives here in the Columbus area. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun if Tally could come with us and we could kind of talk about this together? So would you welcome my friend Tally up here uh, to do this with me today? Thank you. So it's good to have you. Thank you. So, um, I'll kind of basically present a lot of the uh, information that, that uh, Shanti presented in that uh, uh, talk that I heard, again, five months ago, and some stuff. I've since read the books. Great book. Good job, you know. And uh, <coughs> Tally will throw in some periodic things here and there and uh, keep me honest and all of that kind of stuff. So hopefully we'll get to the end and you'll understand what we were trying to say, okay? Uh, but one of the factors, in fact, uh, the big factor that uh, was found out uh, in all of this, really, in terms of couples making it, is this sense? Do they is this? Do they have a sense of hope that they're going to make it? You know that as long as, uh, despite the problems, despite the difficulties, despite the things they're trying to work their way through, if they can maintain this sense of hope that we can get through this, then they tend to make it. Is that correct? Absolutely, and that was one of Shanti's big like nuggets that when we were going through this process and she was interviewing couples for another book and looking at the research, she was surprised if there was a couple had hope. Overwhelmingly, they stayed together, but if there was a sense of futility, hopelessness, then inevitably, then maybe they didn't. Right. So it's a huge factor that she really yeah. clung on to and wanted to make important right. inner message. So that's very important. And I think the good news for those of us, no matter where you are today, is that when it comes to our marriages, despite the difficulties, despite the struggles, despite the problems, as long as you can maintain this sense of hope, you have every reason to believe that your marriage can make it. Now, uh, we have a culture, you know, that has this feeling, though, of futility towards marriage. It's this, this, this kind of thing, uh, kind of in our culture, and you've probably heard or, or thought these things, too. Well, you know, after all, half of all marriages end in divorce, and uh, the rate of divorce is the same in the church as it is amongst uh, non-believers and all of that. Uh, that, you know, even as far as marriages in general, they're just so-so. I mean, most marriages are just barely hanging on anyway. And uh, most remarriages, for sure, they fail. 
And, and just even in general, marriage is complicated. You know, it requires rocket science to fix it kind of thing. Um, but here's the good news I want you to grab hold of. It, it, that's just simply not true. That is not factual. All, all of these uh, things that we've come to believe about marriage are based upon inaccurate data that we've just come to accept as fact. But the truth is, half of marriages are not ending in divorce. That the rate of divorce is not the same in the church as it is amongst uh, those who aren't in the church. That, that, in fact, most marriages are happy. You know, they're not struggling and hanging on and, you know, whatever. Most marriages are happy. That most remarriages even do survive. It's not this uh, ridiculously high failure rate that, that we've come to hear and believe. And not only that, 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 that just in general, marriage isn't complicated. In fact, in most cases, small changes can make a big difference. Now, you laugh because I'm not saying marriage is easy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not just saying anybody can do it. I mean, good marriages don't happen by accident. We, those of us who are married, we get that, right? Uh, Janet and I have been married 32 years. Uh, you and Eric and I have been married 19. Almost 20. Going on 20. Mm -hmm. You know, years good for you. you. Uh, Tally was married at 8. I don't know if you knew that. It was a child uh, arranged wedding kind of thing. Uh, but it does take work, but, but here's the good news. I want you to grab hold of that this morning, is you have every reason to believe that your marriage is going to make it if you're married here today. Uh, that most marriages are strong and happy and last for a lifetime. That marriage works. That we can still believe in marriage. That God's design is a good one. Now, we're going to talk about, uh, you, you know, you might be thinking, well, well, then how, you know, the, the statistics and all this stuff. I mean, understand this. It's complicated. These are, this whole field is complicated. It's impossible to nail down, you know, any one number. You know, you have to, but, but here's what happened. Shanti and Tally spent eight years, right? Eight working with. Long <laughs> eight long years, years, yes. Working with this, going back through data and, you know, all of this stuff to get accurate information that kind of comes. Why, why is this field so complicated just in general? Um, the reason it's complicated and the reason you can't get an exact number is because the government stopped taking vital statistics on marriage and divorce years ago, 1996. And even before that, states stopped um, submitting that information. So even in 1996, only maybe half or just over half the states even gave that information out. So we've not had a real number in a very long time. And so a lot of the numbers come either from old surveys. Um, one of the projections of a really high divorce rate is from 1980, data from 1980, which is no longer relevant or even appropriate. And even that wasn't hard data. It was projection. No, it was a projection. Well, if the divorce rate remains here, because the baby boomer generation, I think we all know, had a little higher divorce rate than other generations before it. And at 1980, that was the, that was the peak of the divorce rate, but since then it's gone down. So they were saying, well, if the divorce rate remains the same it is 1980, it's gonna get you know this bad. Well, it didn't do that. But some of the projections that we still see was based on that data. Right. So what we're gonna do tonight, or today, is give you uh, real data uh, that I think will help you see a much better picture about marriage. In fact, I wanna give you five pieces of good news um, about marriage. And so if you haven't done so already, inside your celebration folder is the message notes. 
Um, I've left some blanks that you can fill in to keep you from nodding off on Tally and me as we <laughs> go along here, you know, that kind of stuff if you care to do so, or you might want to write uh, some other stuff down. But five pieces of good news based upon real numbers about marriage. So here we go. First one is this, that contrary to popular opinion, most marriages last a lifetime. Now, this whole process got started, right, Tally, when uh, Shanti was writing a newspaper article, right? Yes. And she wanted some data, right? She called you. Yes. Because so that's I what she does. That's yes. your job. She calls you. I started working with her over eight years ago now. It was nine. And um, as her research assistant, she had a weekly column. And so I just worked part-time doing research, little writing and interviewing. And so she had a column on the divorce rate. Um, and she asked me to call one of her friends who was a marriage expert and get the divorce rate number. And so I called her, and she said, well, we don't know. I was like, well, what do you mean you don't know? You're the expert. And she said, well, we don't have a real number because we don't have the, uh, the numbers to do it, the vital statistics, and it's anyone's guess. And so we went on from there, and so Shanti's like, what do you mean? So Shanti just said, keep a file of this. And so then she, we did another article a couple years later for Focus on the Family, keep that file going. And so she just kept have me collecting all these things and then it became the book there you go. eight years and later here you are so. eight years <laughs> later this is the result of that but here's here's what we do know here is the data over 71 percent of people um, are still married to their first spouse mm -hmm. that that's just reality right in fact yeah. that's Clarify that data for us. Even. Absolutely. So that's the Census Bureau data. It's, it's a survey called the SIP. Um, and um, they actually, unlike a lot of the other surveys, they ask, have you ever been divorced? Um, so we can get a pretty good number, a, a pretty good number based on that survey. The 71%, that's the best we can say because they don't ask couples. They ask a man and a woman separately. So 71% is actually the the women's number of still married. And what that says is that they're, if they're not married, it could have ended in widowhood or divorce. The number for men is actually like 80%. 80% of men remain in their first right. marriage. See, we're, we're bringing the statistics down because we're eating hamburgers and stuff. Right. right? That's, uh, but men tend so to die earlier or women yeah. tend to live longer. So really that number could be higher mm. for a couple but that's just the average for women and the average for men. Right. So what Tally's saying is even, even of that 71%, uh, that other 29% or so, even that number or whatever that percentage is, it's not those people who aren't married isn't necessarily because of divorce, because spouses die. My father was married for 43 years to my mother, but 13 years ago uh, she passed away from cancer. So, again, he would fit that statistic, mm -hmm. no longer married. He would be part of that, not 71%, but it's not because of divorce, it's because of death. So mm -hmm. that number really is much lower. And like you say, even amongst baby boomers, right. who are the highest uh, mm -hmm. rate in the divorce rate, even that number is much, much lower. Seven in ten amongst baby boomers are even still married to their first spouse. Right, and even even more specific than that in a small cohort like the worst of the baby boomers, they do them in like four-year increments or five-year increments. That was only like 40% or 38% of the highest divorce rate of a, a just a small segment of the baby boomers. Right. Now, again, that number's still too high, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we wish it was 0%, right? Yes? Mm -hmm. But 
But do you see how much better news that is than thinking, you know, you're at a wedding reception and somebody, you know, eventually kind of pushes back from the table and says, well, you know, it's 50-50, you know, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not true. (laughs) It's just simply not true. Here's good news piece number two, is that the rate of divorce in the church is much lower than among non-church goers. Now, again, maybe you're like me. Uh, maybe you've heard this. Maybe you've said, I mean, I, I've said this, you know, that, um, uh, that the statistics all point to the fact that even amongst us Christians, you know, that there's no difference between us and non-Christians in terms of um, the divorce rate. But that just is not true. All of that goes back to uh, surveys done by George Barna. And George Barna is a Christian researcher well-respected and so forth. And here's what you need to know. George Barna never studied uh, the divorce rate of people in church. That was never a study of his. What he did do is study, and George Barna's surveys are calls. They call people on the phone, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they do it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, they ask people as a part of the surveys about being divorced and so forth. But the one question they ask is to uh, to declare themselves as a faith group. So would they declare themselves as Christian or Muslim or um, Hindu or an atheist or whatever and so forth? And then what they did is when they ran the data, they found that people who declared themselves as Christian, it was no different between those people who declared themselves that way versus people who declared themselves as Muslim or atheist or anything else. Now, here's the problem with that. We know that just because someone on a phone call would say, yeah, I'm a Christian, that doesn't necessarily make them a gospel-embracing, bowing their knee to Jesus follower of Christ. I mean, you see, you see the problem here of where that goes south kind of thing? And so all of that goes back to that. So here's what, what happened is, so Shanti and Tally bought this research from the Barna mm-hmm. people and re-ran it. And when they re-ran it, they, 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 they ran it with just this one question factored in that was asked in those, those people on the phone call, which is this. Were you in church last Sunday? And what they found is, from the people who marked, yes, they were in church last Sunday, those people, the divorce rate amongst them was 27% lower than the rest of the respondents, mm-hmm. right? Now, you, you said uh, this wasn't Easter and Christmas Sunday, right? It was not Easter and <laughs> Christmas, so yeah. Um, the two things from that were amazing. The fact that he had asked that question but just didn't factor it in because he wasn't going for that. when He was going for a belief system. And so, just like Jay said, if they were born again, they put that. Um, so when you ask, were they in church? It was, were you in church this last week or the last Sunday? So And it was just a random week, so it's giving a good broad answer to that question the second thing was for evangelicals they were the lowest and that doesn't always get put out in the media because you sometimes born again in evangelicals melded together but evangelical christians they had the lowest divorce rate when we ran the church numbers and we i mean you know again 80 percent of people in surveys would say they're christians Mm -hmm. in our society but we would not believe that they're genuinely followers of christ but see how this data gets misinterpreted and so mm-hmm. forth. But here is what hard, what is hard facts. That just having your <laughs> rear end on the seat on Sunday, mm-hmm. you lower your divorce, your chance of divorce by a, a fourth. I mean, by, by a quarter. Is that amazing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, again, here's the, you know, it's not the legalism of being in church together, but that points to this reality that 
people who are seeking to build their life Christ's way are going to be people who are going to be in church together. You, you, you see how that factor in? So this statistic, again, all wrong, just based upon misunderstood information. Well, and there's another study, not the Barna study, but another study by um, another professor out of uh, UVA, University of Virginia. And he looked at, and he did more traditional Protestant churches, and he found if you're in church at least twice a week, um, regularly, he called them regular church attenders, uh, in some groups, it decreased it by 50%. I mean, so it's, it's amazing if you're a regular church attender, if you're a follower. Yeah. Yes. So this is great news that mm -hmm. this, cyn this cynicism that, uh, oh, it's, it's the same amongst Christians as it, as it is non-Christians. That's just simply not true. In fact, in general, I think there is this cynicism in our culture about marriage. Uh, Shanti talks about the fact how, you know, kind of a regular thing she'll do is when she's talking with people, or, you know, maybe in a coffee shop or whatever, just people she'll meet, she'll say to them, hey, what percentage of couples do you think, married couples do you think are happy? And she says, generally, that number is a low number. In fact, she said from just doing this over time, I guess mm -hmm. this is what she does for kicks, you know, she asks <laughs> a bunch of people. <laughs> but she said that number is usually about 30% or about a third, you know, people think, well, maybe a third or 30% or that kind of thing and so forth. But here's good news piece number three is this, that most marriages are happy, not hard. In fact, again, most people think that marriages are just so-so and they're cynical. And so they think, you know, why bother? I mean, you know, it's just a piece of paper and it doesn't make any difference. And so we'll just live together and so forth. And again, that's based upon this wrong understanding that the statistics don't point to. See, many studies show that on average... 80% of marriages are happy. That they do these blind surveys where they ask uh, the husband and they ask the wife separately uh, to rate how happy are you in your marriage. Now, I point out the fact that they're blind surveys because if they weren't blind surveys, you would get very different answers, you know? <laughs> you know, you're happy. Mark that on the sheet that you're happy, you know, that kind of stuff. So these are surveys where he doesn't know what she said and she doesn't know what he says. But again, they routinely come back that 71% plus, both of them mark that they are happy. Now, again, we're not saying that marriages have to be perfect. We're not saying that those marriages are problem-free, but that, that the general satisfaction is level of both marriage partners in most marriages is that they're very happy and in the relationship. And this was not just a, a fabulous church that has a great you know, history survey. These were surveys across the board. It might have been non-Christians. It might have been Christians. It just random people met multiple surveys. One was the Marist Poll Survey. Um, and that one was 95%. I mean, there was a whole spectrum, and we just took a, a pretty good average. I mean, some were really high. And so, um, yeah, it, this is ev overall in America, you know. Yeah. That most marriages, again, mm -hmm. believers, non-believers are happy. There's happy. not this cynicism in, in their sense that only just a few are doing really right. well. George Clooney got married. I mean, come on. <laughs> George Clooney got married. You know, there is a belief and a hope in marriage. You yeah, know, there I mean, you go. seriously. I hadn't quite put that connection there, <laughs> but thank you, Kelly, for uh, putting that. But hey, here, here, here's what's really good news. Maybe this morning you're thinking, man, but we're struggling. Here, 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 I want you to hear this. Even if you're not happy right now, you know, in these surveys that they did were, were one or both marked that they were very unhappy at the point. What they found is there is hope for those couples that 
if you will stick it out, there is a high chance, an 8 in 10 chance that you will be very happy five years later. That that really does make a difference if you will just stick it out. Um, yeah, go ahead. You Absolutely. This is from a book called The Case for Marriage. It was a wonderful book. And sh her study showed exactly what he's saying. If you stick it out, you will remain happy. And she also found the opposite to be true. If couples didn't stick it out, if they got divorced, they were not happier five years later on average. So it's both ways. Yeah, and that's very significant to understand that to not lose hope in the midst of the struggles. Now, I, here's what happens, I think, is for a lot of couples, what happens is it's this open-endedness to the pain. You know, we're struggling now, we're fighting now, we're having all these difficulties now, and I don't think it'll ever end, see? And that's what, uh, what causes, I think, I think causes couples to give up. Shanti uh, tells about this reality show that, that <laughs> she uh, watched. This was years ago. I don't like reality shows. Anybody like, not like, I, I don't know. They just, I don't know. They <laughs> like each other, then they cheat behind each other's back, and they <laughs> trick each other. I don't know. I don't like reality <laughs> shows. But anyway, I didn't watch this one anyway. But <laughs> in this particular one, this was an early reality show. They dropped them in the middle of nowhere uh, with nothing and told them they had to find a destination. They didn't know where the destination was. They didn't know it was that way or that way or where they were going or any of that kind of stuff and so forth. They had no food. They had nothing. They had to, you know, make everything happen on their own. And the only thing they did give them was a button that they could push if they just wanted out. They just wanted to escape. So a camera crew followed them around. They didn't give them any food. They didn't do whatever. But so these people, you know, they were, they were hungry. They were cold. They were struggling. And many of them would press the button. And the, what they said is they just didn't know how much longer it would go on. See? So they lost hope. And here's what I want to say. Don't lose your hope that if you will stick it out, that the odds are good that, that even five years from now you will have a totally different result in your marriage. Yeah, and there's a research not in the book, but I went to a marriage conference that was hosted by Focus on the Family, and Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott um, of SPU, they're uh, well-known Christian speakers on marriage, um, they showed a graph where newlyweds, your happiness is here. You think, oh, happy, that's probably the pinnacle of happiness. And they, then it showed when you have kids, you go dip, 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 you know, a little unhappy, a little hard. We would say life is hard. Doesn't necessarily mean the marriage is hard, but life is hard. But then they showed if you've been married 30 years, you know, empty nesters, you're happier than when you were newlyweds. They said the happiest couples were the ones up here in those golden years. Mm -hmm. So there is that hope. There is that, and what that's what couples need to know. When it's down here, it's it may be hard, but it's more that life is hard. K having kids is hard. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a strength. Hang so. on, honey. Yes, right? absolutely. Yes. But no. All right, here's good news. Piece number four is this, that most remarriages survive just mm -hmm. fine. Um, again, most people... Um, a lot of people, I should say, go into a second marriage with this, with this uh, cloud, this dark cloud over top of, of oh, but, you know, 60-some percent of marriages, uh, second marriages don't work, and, you know, our odds are against us and all of these things. And here's what they found, Tally, you can back me up on this, is <coughs> all of these facts and figures about 60-some percent of second marriages don't work and 73% of third marriages don't work and end in divorce and all of these kinds of things, were based upon three, uh, everything kind of credited their stuff back to three sources, mm -hmm. okay? And here's what they found. None of those sources exist, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's going to talk about the biggest one was Psychology Today. Jennifer Baker 
um, it supposedly wrote this article where it's 60%, 73% for third marriages. And we emailed her and talked to her. She never wrote the article. She said, I never said that. And she actually encouraged us, please get the word out. That's not me. That don't, I've never, I should not be attributed to that. And so, but her information is on websites everywhere, all these marriage websites. So that's how misinformation is mm -hmm. out there, how yeah. much money. Now, so, so again, here's what is true. Here's, I mean, here's just the facts. Okay, that's what Jack Webb used to say on Dragnet. <laughs> I realize I, most of you have no idea who Jack Webb or Dragnet is, but that's what he used to say. Here is what we do know factually, okay? That when you add in remarriages to these numbers that we were going through about first marriages, still 65% of women are still married, right, to their second spouse. And among those 35% of them, um, a lot of those aren't married anymore because they were older when they got married and it resulted in a death, not a divorce, correct? Right, and again, the men, the number for men is up near 75 or 76%, again, because men tend to die before women, so their percentage is even higher. I'm having so. a salad for lunch. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, Overall. Yeah. So. so, a more accurate number, when you really understand these, is it's really for second marriage is closer to maybe 30 or 32 percent. And, and even here, I'll give you hope even beyond that, that, you know, it's really those first five years of a second marriage that the majority of divorces tend to take place. Mm -hmm. And when you add the numbers up statistically, beyond those first five years, your odds of, uh, of divorce are probably even lower than mm -hmm. first marriages, mm -hmm. aren't they? That most likely you'll marry to women because of the, the death of someone, not because of divorce. Right, and this is from this, the Census Bureau, and I was, I've said in the other services, there was a new study that came out from the Department of Labor Statistics looking at um, the baby boomer generation, the younger segment of the baby boomers, not the whole generation, but the younger segment, and they had 35% divorce rate, even for a a generation that we know is h the highest uh, across the board, and it was lower than the first marriage divorce in that segment. So absolutely, and right. that's so that's another study affirming this that how low right. it could be. So again, this this negativity towards second marriages working out really is just simply not based on facts. Mm -mm. Now I'll tell you why this is so significant to hear. Ta um, I heard Chanti tell this story, and um, uh, it just kind of grabbed my heart, but. She talked about a friend of hers who, when uh, she was putting all this together, she kind of ran the information past, the data past her. And it was a friend of hers who was divorced. She'd been a single mom for 10 years, and she had since uh, found a, a very godly man in her life, and they had gotten remarried. And she said, but, this was her friend talking, she said, but I still had this sense of, but the odds are just so high against us making it. And so, you know, I always felt like I had to just keep something back to protect myself, to protect our kids. I had to keep my own separate bank account, you know, just in case, because the odds were just so great against us making it. And what she said is, when I saw these, the facts, it just gave me permission to be all in on this marriage. You see the difference? So misinformation really does lead us astray, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard, I've heard this from a lot of people I know, well, why get married? The divorce rate's so high. You know, why get married? Because it'll end in divorce. 
and that's why the good news is so yeah, important. Yeah. That, that the truth is it would be unusual for us not to make it, mm -hmm. as long as we main maintain hope together. Okay, finally, here's the last piece of good news for us today. Uh, because again, I think what happens is because of all of this, we believe, well, but marriage is just so hard <laughs> and it's just so complicated. But the good news is marriage doesn't require rocket science. <laughs> that even small changes can really make a big difference. That uh, what Shanti and Tally found in their research and others have backed up here is that, you know, most marriage issues aren't caused by the really big things. You know, the big issues, alcoholism and, and addiction and sexual abuse and all of those things, which are big things and certainly factor in there. But, but most of uh, issues between husbands and wives were simply this aspect that they were trying hard, but in the wrong areas. And so as a result, they were hurting each other and building up these layers uh, without intending to do so. Here, I'll, I'll illustrate that for you. Um, you know, maybe here's the husband... And what he's doing is he's working 70, 80 hours a week. And the reason he's doing so is because that's the way he feels like, okay, this is how I'm letting him know that I'm all in on this thing. You know, I'm committed to this relationship. I'm, I'm providing for my family, and I, and I want this. But, but what she really wants is just more time with him. So you see what's happening? She's, he's working hard, but in the wrong areas. And he wants her to feel loved by all of this hard work, but he's not communicating love to her. And that's at the source of, of their issues. Or, or maybe an example from the other way is here, here's the wife and what she's doing. You know, she tells her husband all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you all the time. But what she does is she's constantly questioning the decisions that he's making. And when she does so, uh, every time what he's hearing is, I don't love you, you're inadequate. I don't love you, you're incapable. I don't love you, you can't handle things, see. And so... There's these barriers that's brought up because of this communication th that's happening here. But, but, but here's the good news. These wrong, th you know, a little understanding can go a long way in a marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, a little respect can go a long way. A little forgiveness mm -hmm. can go a long way in a marriage. And so new things can be learned that can really make a big difference in a marriage. Uh, one of the stories that she tells in the book that I just love is uh, she talked about uh, a couple. Uh, they had separated. Again, a lot of turmoil, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain in their relationship. He had moved out. Uh, they were on the fast track to getting divorced. And uh, what had happened is he had stopped at a truck stop. And at the truck stop, well, he was looking for something to read while he was eating. So he looked through and he found a book that he bought there by Shanti's, one of her books called... Uh, uh, for uh, men only, mm -hmm. she has one called for women only, you know, the for men only talks about, you know, how to understand women better, and the one, the other, you know, I think the one about for women only about men could be a much thicker book, I don't know <laughs> about you, but it is, both little books, but, but anyway, so he's reading this book uh, for men only about women, and, and, and what she said is he literally got up from the truck stop, drove back to their house where his wife still was, and she said, is this true? <laughs> When, when I'm doing these things, is this what you're feeling? And, and she said, that's exactly what's going on. Hey, when, when I'm, is this, is this what's happening with, you know, it, I mean, he was just clueless mm -hmm. about the issues. I know you women, you're, you're not having any trouble with any of that, are you? Kind of thing. <laughs> but, but, but see, we can be so clueless and just, just 
a little understanding can go a long way. So again, don't lose your hope. Get counseling. Um, talk to people. Get help. Get into community with people who can speak truth into your life because a little understanding can go a long way to making changes. That, can, you know, that couple, the guy from the truck stop, their marriage was saved just because of just some increased understanding. It, absolutely, and um, I get emails from Shanti all the time. I'm on her prayer team as well as working for, for her and of marriages. And one just this week, a couple came to a family life event that Shanti was speaking at, and they had been separated for months. They were ready for divorce, and they recommitted. They came, renewed their vows. Um, so it happens all the time, but it's that hope factor. Because even when we talked about the survey of couples being unhappy, usually more than not, it tended to be one person was really happy in the marriage and then one person wasn't. So those little things to be in tune to your spouse, to respect your husband, for husbands to try and do the things for your wife, to connect with them, makes a huge difference. Because if one person's happy and one person's unhappy, it's a whole lot easier to get happy than to go down the other route. So. And so, again, just in increasing our understanding. Well, let me draw this thing to close. Last slide. Because I think there's tremendous implications of all of this. Uh, one of them is, uh, this is from uh, Andy Stanley. He says this, we cannot talk about marriage and divorce as we have in the past. I mean, we really need to change our perspective about marriage, don't we? We need to move from this sense of discouragement to this sense of hope. You know, from this, uh, this cynicism that tends to be in our culture about marriage to the sense that, man, uh, uh, we, we're excited. God's plan is a good plan. Here's the second implication. is just for newlyweds uh, that they can believe that they will make it without feeling like they have to protect themselves just in case, uh, which itself can lead to problems. That this, this couple, this, uh, this young, well, they're not necessarily young, this, this, this couple who are in this young marriage, that they can enter into it with this mindset that it would be unusual for us not to make it. You know, that's not saying it's easy, you know, but as long as we maintain the sense of hope, as long as we keep working in the right direction, it would be unusual for us not to make it. Uh, that, that we can tell struggling couples, whether that's you this morning, you're listening and you're saying, man, we're struggling, or whether it's you talking to your friends, you can tell them that most people get through this and you can too. Hey, I know it's hard right now, but don't give up. Hang in there. And we can tell them, I think this is this aspect, that churchgoers uh, can re reassure their friends that just getting into church community does matter. That building your life on the things of Jesus Christ, you know, making him the center of your marriage really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. And we can know that. Absolutely. And a lot of the research, it's not really in here, but we talk about in the book is praying together is a huge impact. And that research was done by academic professors. I, one that I'm not even sure she's a Christian, but she studies how important prayer lowers the divorce rate. So um, it's a huge factor, mm -hmm. not just coming to church, but engaging again, mm -hmm. being a follower, being active in your faith. Mm -hmm. So I think here's the big thing. We can still believe in marriage. God's mm -hmm. plan's a good one. And isn't that good news? Yeah. <laughs> so, good. Can well, I add something real quick? Sure. Um, since the PowerPoint's been a little bit uh, shaky up there, this 
information is available at Shanti's uh, website. It's called goodnewsmarriage.com or just go to shanti.com. And you can even sign up to get some of these since I know the, the slides up there haven't been available for the whole time. So, so you can see the research you yourself. You mean that person that's been taking pictures with yeah. the phone <laughs> and every slide? That they, don't, they shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> now they're going back and erasing, erase, erase, uh, erase, and so uh, forth. So yeah, so Shanti's <laughs> website, which would be what? Well, her main website, shanti.com, for this information, it's goodnewsmarriage.com. And Which we've is a lot updated easier to remember it. To spell. And we keep updating it as far as uh, new questions that come out. People will ask us. And so we, she keeps posting updates on it. Wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful. Well, hey, hasn't it been great to have Tally with us this morning? <laughs> so thank you. Thanks for to be there. And, um, and, you know, it just hits me, you know, as we've been talking about this and just the good news about marriage that maybe. You know, you're here today and you're hearing this and maybe all you've heard is just guilt. You know, all you've gotten out of this is shame because uh, you were in a marriage that didn't make it. And here's what I want to say to you. That is from the evil one. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. not from the devil. That's not what we're, I mean, that's from the devil. That's not from God. That's not what we're talking about here. Uh, you know, <laughs> there really is real issues. And, you know, maybe your marriage didn't make it because of whatever. Maybe it wasn't your choice. Maybe it was your choice. Maybe it was because the hurt there was just so great that you couldn't get past it. Maybe it was just that you were just so immature that you couldn't get past it and so forth. You know what? If, if there's forgiveness that needs to be there, you can find it in Christ. Mm -hmm. you, know, you need to know that. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if what you're feeling is guilt and shame, put that out. That's, those thoughts are from the evil one, okay? Um, but we have every reason to believe that marriage is a good thing. And uh, if you're struggling in your relationship, to not lose that sense of hope, you know, to take the steps to get help, to get counseling, to get into community, you know, uh, and to work together to know that down the road, it can be much different if you'll do so. You know, that God's plan of marriage is a good one. So mm -hmm. that's what I hope you got out today. Well, let me pray for us. Let me lead us together. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for this good thing. Father God, that you gave us. I thank you for, for my wife, for Janet, and just what a blessing she is to me, God. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to be in a relationship with her. Thank you. God, I, I just pray for each of us. For those of us who are here today and we're married, God, uh, meet us in the midst of our marriage and help us to take steps to grow closer to each other and to have the kind of marriages that, that not only bring us satisfaction but bring glory to you. Lord, for those of us who are in the midst of, of a marriage relationship and we're struggling, God, help us to, 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 to find hope in the midst of this and to know that if we'll just hang in there, if we'll keep taking the steps or we'll start to take those steps, that it really can be much different, that you really will enter into that situation, Lord, and help us in the midst of that. God, I pray for the, the man or woman who's here and, again, you know, they were feeling the, the hurt, the pain. Maybe, it's, maybe they need to forgive a spouse, a former spouse. Maybe that's what needs to happen here. Um, maybe, God, it's for that single person who, uh, whether it's because of divorce or death or not being married at all, Lord, what they feel is the pain of that. Lord, remind us deep in our being that your husband enough for us, your wife enough for us, that satisfaction is not found at its core in another human being. It's found in you. 
to help us look to you as the one to truly be our source of satisfaction and worth and value and significance, Lord, we look to you. But God, we celebrate this institution of marriage, Lord. Help us to, to live in such a way that, again, we go forth and bring you glory in our marriages. And I pray it in your name and for your glory.